You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and you're listening to this podcast, which is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. We have a special episode today where I'm joined by Shaq Rashad to talk about Gene Chizik returning to be UNC's defensive coordinator. Before we get started, though, I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Be sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube so you never miss out on any of the content the team at IC puts out. The support doesn't go unnoticed on this end. Speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us, so that's why I've got to mention our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. When it comes to Carolina Apparel, they have everything that you could possibly want, the T-shirts, the jerseys, the hats, you name it, they probably will have it, and it's great people and great customer service since it's locally owned and operated by alumni. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. All right, as promised, my former teammate on that 2015 UNC football team, one that still gets talked about to this day and one of the players that was instrumental in turning that defense around, Shaq Rashad. Shaq, if the Mac Brown hire was to appease the the old money boosters who had, uh, you know, those memories of the glory days in the late 90s, the Gene Chizik hire right now is to appease guys like us who saw the turnaround he was able to perform. What was your first thought when you saw that Chizik was coming back to Chapel Hill? Man, I was pumped. Um, I think I, I went straight to Twitter and had that, like, it was kind of the evil looking like, yes, it's happening. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. And I, I'm obviously not within the building. I'm not coaching or anything. So I don't know the ins and outs of everything happening last year, this past season. Um, but obviously at the point that I knew someone had to get hired, I got the news just like everyone else. I knew someone had to be hired. Like, obviously, if you give me a wish list, I would have written Gene Chizik for the top seven spots on it. Um, but I would have thought there's no way he's leaving ESPN. So I, and there's a lot of great candidates out there. Um, and then, of course, I see it tweeted that it was Chiz and I was I was pumped, man. I was ecstatic. It's uh, we're getting the band back together. We got Larry Porter coaching the running backs. We got Coach Warren in the secondary. And now we got Chizik in uh, the uh, defensive coordinator spot. I'm wondering, does anybody have Coach Cap's number? <laughs> I mean, now that you mention it, man, like if you just think about it, we have coaches and players from like the last 17 eras of Carolina football <laughs> in the staff, like Coach Brown, you've got Dre, you've got Thig, you've got Corey Holiday in there. You've like everyone there. It's just like someone from every era. I love it. We're covering all the bases. Yeah. When when you saw Chizik coming back, you were fired up. How does that kind of compare to 2015 when you found out he would be your defensive coordinator heading into your senior season where it was somebody who just a few years ago we were watching on ESPN winning a national championship with Cam Newton? Yeah, I mean, it was nuts. If if I'm remembering correctly, like I was at home on the couch with my parents. We had just played our bowl game up in Detroit, I believe. Um, and I remember being at home and, and knowing that we were going to have to have a new defensive coordinator and I had no idea who it was. And obviously like, it's not like I was the one making the hire. So I wasn't too concerned with it. Just enjoying some time with the family. And I see it come across a ticker that Gene Chizik was hired. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. It must be something different. Like surely that's not coming to be our defense coordinator. Cause like you said, like 
I had just seen him win that national championship with Cam at Auburn, and that was such a fun season to follow. Um, but sure enough, like I got back to Chapel Hill, and it was that same Gene Chizik that walked in as our defensive coordinator. And so from that moment, um, I think that there's a lot of obviously phenomenal coaches that have not won a national championship yet. But to walk into a meeting room and to know that your defensive coordinator has won a national championship as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach, it's like he's, he's done it, right? And so you can just sit down and say, I just got to do what he says. Like, he'll take us to the promised land. I just got to do what he says. What was your first impression of Chizik after you actually met him for the first time? I thought that the first thing he said to us that I'll always remember um, really set the tone for the way that all of my experience has been with him. And he's, he's, he just said basically that, like, I'm going to treat you like men. Like, I'm not going to treat you like kids. I'm not going to come here and scream at you, yell at you, cuss you out and all that stuff. He's like, I'm going to treat you with respect and treat you like men. Like, we're all on the same page here. You guys want to win. I want to win. And so if we can just handle our business and conduct ourselves like that, like we'll be in good shape. And so uh, the amount of respect he showed for us immediately, I think demanded respect of us for him as well. And so I think that that's why we were able to do so much so quickly because everyone was on the same page from day one. How, how big would you say Chiswick's impact was in, in that locker room where, like you mentioned, it's a coach we just saw win a national championship and it's a team coming off a six and seven season. And all of a sudden it's like, this guy must see something in us. If he's leaving a cushy job at ESPN to come back into the grind, that is college football coaching. How big was, was that in, in where he might've saw something in this team that maybe you guys didn't even see at the time? Yeah, it was huge, man. Um, To know that, he was coming in, like you said, he could have gone a lot of places. He could have stayed right where he was and that he chose to come there was a big deal. Um, and we were hungry. Like if you remember going into that season, everyone was like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want to stink again. It's, it's not fun. Um, and then you have a guy walk in and you're like, great, here's our ticket out of stinking on defense. Like, this is it. Um, and so it wasn't hard from day one to, to want to do it because you could look at him and say, he knows the answer. He knows how to get this done. Um, and then as we get into spring ball and you start to see the recipe working, like from day one, you're learning this stuff. Um, and then you take it to the field and walkthroughs, and then you take it to the field and run throughs and then it's practice and then it's full speed against the offense. And all of a sudden an offense that had been like eviscerating us on a daily basis in practice, like we're showing up and we're stopping them. We're, we're feeling confident. And I think that confidence just continued to build um, from the spring into the summer uh, on into the fall. Every coach has a, a different style in how they try to connect and coach players. How would you describe Chiswick as a coach actually on the field? I think um, the first word that all, will always come to mind is just respect and like in the way that he conducted himself. Um, I remember in some of the most heated situations in games throughout 2015, right? Like we're down 21 at Georgia Tech. I come to the sideline and like put on a headset like this and talking to Chiz up in the box expecting like, madness and it's very calm having a conversation we're able to talk but it's because of that conversation we had on day one where it was hey we're all on the same page I'm going to treat you guys with respect like let's just do this that way and so we were able to have those calm conversations and so in game it was very easy to fix things and I think that he's one of the best teachers I've ever been around for football um, he's able to take really complex things that happen in football and to boil it down to nuts and bolts of it to make sure that every player on the field understands what's happening and and I I think that I personally can say that I went from memorizing a scheme the years before and being able to do my job, right, by memorizing the scheme to actually understanding football in 2015 and understanding why we're running the scheme this way and understanding, okay, well, 
I know my job here, but I can see what's happening over on the offense. And I know that's going to give us a problem because I can think two, three steps ahead and understanding what they're trying to do to us. And that's what understanding football does for you versus just memorizing your, your, your job on a, any given play. Yeah, from what I remember, Chiswick was big on being able to simplify the defense. What do you think Chiswick did that allowed the defense to be more successful from a schematic standpoint? I think one of the biggest things we did, and I, I can speak for the linebacker room 100%, but I think every other position group did it as well, was like day one, and, and Coach Papuchas was a phenomenal teacher as well, but day one when, when we sat down in linebacker meetings, it wasn't like, okay, we're installing this coverage, we're doing this, this, this. It was here's what a three technique is. <laughs> here's what a, a shade is. Here's what a five technique is. Here's what 50 is. And so we were learning. It would almost be like you took like graduate level students and walked in and were like, the first letter of the alphabet is A. But when you build it from the ground up in that way, everyone's on the same page. We've all learned it now with the same nomenclature. We're all the same spot. And so now we need to build on top of things moving forward. It's really easy. Like we took apart this massive like Death Star, I guess I'm thinking of like Legos and took it down to the nuts and bolts of like each Lego piece. And now as you build on top that everyone understands where it came from. And so you could start to accelerate, but it was really a slow down to speed up mentality there as far as learning it all. You mentioned Chizik coming in and it was basically like the defense's uh, Willy Wonka golden ticket to getting out of being a, a bad team or, or bad defensive team, at least. How much of that would you say was Chizik changing um the scheme versus Chiswick changing the culture and then along the culture lines from what I remember I remember seeing the defensive guys in the building a lot more studying film and a lot more prep work how would you say all that helped with Chiswick a lot I think that one of the things that I find myself thinking about a lot is that like I don't think you'd ever see a power five defensive coordinator whose scheme doesn't work on paper right? Like you don't get to that position if on paper yeah. your scheme doesn't work. Um, the question is if you can get the 11 guys on the field to understand it the way you do and to play it the way you do. And so I think the scheme helped us. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not like we went from a scheme that just flat out didn't work to a scheme that was perfect. It was that we understood it better. We were able to play faster. And when you start to play faster, you start to make more plays. You start to feel a little bit more swag. You start to have more fun with your teammates. You don't get tired as quickly. Um, and then you start to see that leadership develop because instead of the people that would have been your leaders being confused and playing slow and worrying about themselves, they're saying, okay, I got a good feel for this. Like, let me help out my guy over here. Let me help out this guy over here. And so I think that it, it all boiled down to us understanding the game, playing faster. And I think it was just that, that restart really helped. Like, um, at some level, just a fresh start is, is going to help often. And so I, I was really excited. And I mean, you saw guys on that team make total change like we had guys that um were struggling to see time on the field before that became big time players for us in 2015 just because of a fresh start so i was over the moon about it from day one and so i'm, I'm excited to see him come back how involved would you say chiswick is with each individual position group during practice or outside of practice where it, yeah it's up to the position coach to you know coach the fundamentals but at the end of the day it's it's Chiswick's defense. I don't know what was happening behind closed doors um, and how they had those conversations, but I do know that like at any given moment, Chiz would walk up with linebackers and like step right into our drill. Like I, I, Shotmer actually sent me a video like the day the hire was announced, sent me a video of like Chiz like doing drills with us on the field. <laughs> um, and 
and it's really cool. And I, again, I don't know what was happening behind closed doors in those coaches meetings, but I know that part of what we were doing on the back end that year in 15 came from Nebraska with Papuchas. So it was Chiswick's defense. Yeah. But from what I've experienced with him and from what I saw in the way we put that together, like, it seems like he's a guy that's open to, to hearing things. And like, as you would hope that any great teacher is right. Like great teachers are great students. And so he was able to mend what he had done in the past with some of what was working for JP out in Nebraska. And I think that's what we put on the field in 15. From the first time that Chiswick came to Chapel Hill, we always heard the phrase, bend but don't break, where in the modern era of football, you're going to give up yards. It's, it's inevitable at this point with the yeah. spread offenses. But if you could limit teams to field goals, you'll be a lot more successful. From a philosophical standpoint, was that the message that Coach Chiswick was emphasizing in that defensive room? It wasn't just bend, don't break. It was situational defense as a whole. Like I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that, and this is not a knock on any coach that I had before 2015, is just to say that I think I matured a lot that season. And I think a lot of it had to do with that new staff and that restart. But like, I, I didn't really think about situations. I was like, okay, my job on this play is to do this. I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can and do that. And I thought it was working, right? But I get to 2015 and, and the way we learned the game and the way we were progressing, I was like, okay, great. It's, it's third and six. Okay. This is their situation. Here's where we're at in the game. Here's what they may try to do. When we're getting in the red zone, I'm okay. Okay. Quarterbacks more likely to run it down here. Here's why we're playing coverages in the red zone. And so situational defense was something we preached all the time. Third downs, red zone, um, right after a turnover. And when you get into the red zone, you're absolutely right. You feel goals are nothing it is I think the exact quote that chisel used you want to force a field goal attempt and then you want to try to go block that thing. We blocked more field goals in 15 than I think we did it a year before that. Um, and we saw it work out last night for Georgia. The Alabama kept, keeps getting down in the low red zone. Georgia keeps forcing field goals and late in the game, they start putting up points and they win that thing. Field goals are huge. I mean, it takes four points off the board every time they're in there and it's hard to get to the red zone. So um, the bend don't break was definitely a part of it, but I think that falls under the greater umbrella of just situational defense in general. How would you compare the talent level of the 2015 defense that Chiswick inherited to the one that they have now where across the board, the recruits keep getting better and better. And eventually you're hoping to see that kind of pan out on the field. Vip, you know me well enough to know that I cannot answer that question because I love the guys that are there now. And I think they're phenomenal. I will not ever compare them to our team because you know me at 65 years old, I will say that our team at 65 will still go back and beat <laughs> like in 2073. I'll be like, give me my 21 other guys. We'll go beat you right now <laughs> in our walkers and wheelchairs. We'll go play you. Let's roll the ball in the parking lot. Um, but no, I think uh, without doing the comparison, I think there's a phenomenal amount of talent there. I think that there is a phenomenal amount of talent. I think that it's bananas. Like even just seeing some of these guys, I'm like, what are you? Like, you're, you, you don't look the same as we did that many years ago. It doesn't mean that, that, that they're, they're better, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but you don't look like we do. So I'm excited to see what these guys can do because there is a lot, a lot, a lot of talent in that locker room. The other thing besides Chiswick in 2015 was it was just better overall player leadership where on the defensive side of the ball, we had guys like you and Shaw and offense. We had Landon Turner, uh, Quinshaw and Mac Hollins, guys that like we knew were going to hold everybody accountable, but also guys that like we were willing to die for on that field. How do you think this team can instill better player leadership? I think that that was something that it, it's it's weird, right? I think you can be born with leadership qualities, and I think that those are things that 
you have growing up but i think that it takes developing in the sense that like i didn't know like people were telling me like you're a great leader I was like dude i don't know how, i don't know what i'm doing like we had um like a group that would meet we we had like a, a leadership almost academy type thing we would meet with regularly um and so that's a thing that those guys through tough times they start to kind of separate themselves a little bit like um i think that it's hard. I know one of the turning points for our team with leadership, as much as we want to joke about it, was like that thing with the program. Like uh, while we were in the pool at like 4 a.m. at the time, we were like, what are we doing? Like 80% of our team can't swim. <laughs> um, but looking back on it, like that's the thing that I think really, really made a difference because you found out you can look around in those moments and be like, all right, this is a guy I want the foxhole. That's a guy I want the foxhole. Like I'm not sure about him um I think he's just, crying okay? <laughs> yeah yeah and and then all of a sudden you look around and you're like oh oh my gosh like we've got one dude over here pulling 12 along with him like that's a guy we want to ride with right and so things like that helped us a ton uh, that does that's not to say that you have to go out and hire the program um I think they do great work but um there are other ways to develop leadership I think it just shows up and those guys start to separate themselves and I think during um, a staff, not staff change, but a, a leadership change like this one is where you'll see a lot of it sometimes. The program, it's been teased here and there, but the program deserves its own like tell all podcast from that 2015 team. Just, just to tease it a bit, the program was this military, uh, like three day or two day program that came and try to instill better leadership qualities in us. And from what I remember, that was that was like Chiswick's first day actually seeing the team do anything. If it wasn't the first day, it was definitely the first week. Yeah. Can can you just tell people what Chiswick's reaction was seeing this team probably for the first time? <laughs> I remember looking the first, over like twenty minutes, maybe first twenty minutes. I mean, it's I, I I can imagine if I'm in his shoes, I'm looking at that. I'm like, ESPN ain't looking so bad, <laughs> you know. Um, but but it, from that point to where we ended up to kick that season off, um, night and day, like truly night and day. Um, and I think that they just put so much stress on you over like 48 hours that you're going to find out exactly who somebody is <laughs> very quickly. And I think that, like I said, that's when you find out who your leaders are. You put people in a horribly stressful situation and keep putting more and more stressors on them and find out how they react. That first 20 minutes, he he uh, excused himself, made a quick call to his agent. Just just okay, keep keep some doors open. Keep some doors open because I might be on the first flight out. Okay. Give a call to Bristol. Call to Bristol. <laughs> see, see what's going on up there. Shaq, that's all I got for you today. We got to get you on more podcasts. Always appreciate the time and hope you're doing well, man. It's always fun, man. Appreciate you. And I, uh, I see you actually made your bed for this pod because it's in the background. I respect that. Just for you. Just for you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>